Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to tour trash sundays presented by TaylorMade golf we are fresh off the 2022 wells fargo championship where max homa secured his fourth victory it was a bit of a soggy weekend for the boys lots of golf to talk about today but before we get into it let's head around the country and check in with the four jack family on the road d lane you're the man in the airport this week what's going on buddy yeah instead of david it's me i'm sitting here at the savannah airport left of me is the Gulfstream plant right of me is a very small airport with a lot of noise so i apologize so i'll try and say as little as humanly possible which is not easy for me. no problem at all that's great you were playing some golf this week but we won't touch on that just yet brisson what's happening in your world today fresh off uh uber trip to waterloo uh three-hour <laughs> turn no income for my Uber fare, uh, just a bunch of yelling, screaming, and miserable children, but uh, life is good. Uh, weather's turned in Ontario right now. People are excited to go and play mud golf. No idea why, but uh, life is somewhat normal in Ontario at the current time. That's good. Hopefully you got the five-star rating from the kids at least, right? Maybe an extra Christmas card or an extra hug and a kiss at, at the end of the day. Definitely a half star. I was uh, a miserable father this morning because 5.30 came very early and they complained that they had Starbucks bagels instead of Tim Horton's bagels. So uh -oh. first world problems, but uh, I would have thought the Starbucks ones were better. My kids strongly disagree. I can't say I've had a Starbucks bagel before, but sounds interesting. Maybe that's something we'll have to get into later in the show. This segment of the show is brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings. Head over to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app, and you too can get in on all the action. Use 4Jack as your discount code, and that adds a little extra to your account. Good luck. Stay responsible. We had a really, really soggy weekend. I don't know how much of the coverage Derek got to watch. David, I hope you got to see a little bit of it, but... It seemed like it was a really, really hard weekend of golf for these guys, grinding through the weather, golf courses playing really long, conditions were extremely tough, and it didn't really seem like anybody had any game. It was a bit of a crapshoot out there, and, and nobody was really a front runner. Sunday was kind of a back and forth, and then Max Homa got it done. But I was a little surprised to see that, I guess maybe the hot topic, Rory McIlroy really was pushing to not be there on the weekend grinds in slides in on the cut line and then sneaks in a top five this was a, a a pretty interesting weekend for him well i'd say the kid from northern ireland knows how to play in the cold and wins so i think saturday obviously had a huge advantage um you know even yesterday wasn't great but as i alluded to lots of mud balls on saturday like on here on ontario but, uh, you know, you look at that leaderboard, there's a lot of kids that grew up in average weather, we'll call it. You know, a bunch of the Canadians in the top 20. Yeah. Uh, Keegan from, obviously, Boston. Fitzpatrick from England. You know, Rory from Northern Ireland. Um, you, know, you just kind of go across the list, and there's a lot of kids that grew up in mid-level temperature golf areas. So, Mutters, as we like to say. Mutters, as we like yeah. to say. Yeah. I got to say one thing, too. I, I was really pulling for J-Day. Looked like he was coming out of a bit of a funk. Um, game was looking really strong uh, Thursday and Friday, and then it just kind of fell apart. 79, obviously, on Saturday didn't help the cause. 
and then just couldn't get anything going on Sunday. So really sad to see, but almost a little bit serendipitous for him because it seems like he's rounding into form as we're approaching the PGA championship here coming up. D-Lane, any takes? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it between rounds and, you know, I saw the same thing with Jason. It was a tough 79 to watch on Saturday. And then, you know, there wasn't much left after that, but it was kind of interesting that you just don't see temperatures that cold with that forecast very often in that tour. Usually they plan a little better. Um, I know on the East coast where I am, there's a little swing. It was very warm on Friday. And when I left this morning, it was 56 degrees. So it was even cold down here and in warm country. But it, one thing that I really noticed was I thought that it was kind of interesting how many, not only spectators, but people who were helping look for golf balls, people who were kind of helping around. So I, I thought that the host event itself and the people that were there, I was kind of surprised by how much, how many people were actually still out there during that weather, but more importantly, how much it kind of interacted between player caddy and spectators. I think that's kind of a fun watch on television. It gives you a little different feel, right? Normally these guys play in perfect weather and they do things that kind of determine where they're at by who or what or where they're playing. And I thought that this week, even though it wasn't very necessary, as you said earlier, not a lot of people prospered. It wasn't the best for TV. I thought that the actual coverage was fun because you got to see a lot of different things you don't normally see on a week week event because usually the weather's either just hot and perfect or just perfect yeah i i consent uh sentiment that as well because typically it's the camera crew following the one or two guys at the top of the board and at least we got to see a lot of players this week so that was pretty fun the one thing we didn't touch on and this is kind of the elephant in the room sergio made some comments obviously that really stood out and it's been highlighted on the media and all over social media for the past couple of days but we're fastly approaching the kickoff event for the live golf series and I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Obviously, now we're, we're getting to know there are some players that have committed to playing. There are some guys that we, we identified could be a possibility and are not anymore. So just going to be interesting to see how this all sort of unfolds over the next couple of weeks. I'll jump in on this one. I, I think that's just a, you know, we'll use a hockey term or a sports term. I think the wires were crossed. I think he was just frustrated. I think if he could go back in time, he probably doesn't make those comments. Sergio, you know, clearly has done very, very well on the PGA Tour. He has that master's jacket. You know, he's kind of been one of their stars for the last 20 years. Um, I think it was just, you know, one of those moments that the wires were crossed a little bit and frustrated. But at the same time, it's a real, it's a real thing out there. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that the players are playing off of it. But again, I think it, you know, has reflections of how the NFL has treated other competitors in the space, including like the CFL and the XFL. Um, you know, they, they just want to own everything. And I think those guys do have it really good at the same time if someone's going to come with deeper pockets and, you know, entice some of these guys that are in their forties to kind of come and play. Um, you know, I don't want to, I guess we have mid amateur stuff. Maybe there's mid pro between PJ tour and uh, champions tour yeah, the dub the dub yeah. um, like that. that'd be awesome uh for us 40 year olds that can't yeah, be 20 anymore but uh and i'm recently 40 so i don't know it seems like the guys that are you know showing up there and talking about are the guys that kind of you know they've made their money on the pga tour there's not much more for them they've capped it their pension long term you know, what's another 500 or 750 to Sergio a year, really, in the end, um, you know, when you got 100 sheets in the bank. So I don't really know what to think of it all. I think it was just a moment, though, for going specifically to the Sergio one. Um, 
you know, I think just the wires were crossed. That's my take. Derek, before you jump in here, I just got to say, like, JT made – not JT, sorry, Justin Thomas uh, – uh, Justin Rose, apologies – made it very clear that he wasn't done playing on the PGA Tour. He wasn't ready to start just playing for money. So there are some guys out there that are still thinking about the legacy, the integrity of the PGA Tour, the history of the game, the opportunities to win those major championships and sort of cement that status as being – or in, having impact on, on the legacy of the PGA Tours. So that's really cool to know. But like David said, there are some guys that are going to make that jump that are going to chase the dollar signs. And, and, and so be it. Why not? I mean, hey, if you feel like this is the time to transition and you want to play for that paycheck and take care of your kids, 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 so be it. You can't hate a guy for wanting to do that. But I think it's creating a lot of stress on the PGA Tour and on the whole sort of player side of that world because now – they're coming up to the release date, which is Tuesday to play in the first event. And then two weeks after that is the second release date. And you're only allowed three releases uh, per tournament year to play in uh, outside of PGA Tour events. But the problem is there's going to be a bit of chaos here because you're not allowed release to play in an event that conflicts with the PGA Tour schedule in North America. And the second event, from what I understand, is out in Portland in July, I believe. And guys are, 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 there's going to be a bit of a bottleneck here. And it'll be interesting to see how the PGA Tour deals with that situation. Well, and I think also, let's just get after it, right? And you know me well enough to know that certain people deserve what they get, regardless of wires we crossed or not. Sergio deserves everything he can do. Because sometimes talent is talent. It doesn't necessarily mean you're working hard at it. Guy's got all the talent in the world. Obviously, as David said, he's made a boatload of money. And he's very successful with the major championship. But... I don't think it is any coincidence that guys like Kevin Na and Sergio and guys like that never outgrow their reputations. And one of the things that I really think that the live is going to do, it might be able to rehabilitate some of this. I begrudge nobody for playing for, for cash at any point. As a professional, you are completely allowed to do that. But don't do it in a way that you're going to go out and burn basically everything you've built. And I think that that's some of the lessons learned here is that if you're going to be mouthy, a la Sergio or Kevin Nahn, you're going to make statements and you're going to have Twitter beefs and you're going to get mad at the spectators. You're going to have to know what is going to follow there, right? Like you don't hear anything from Coulter. You don't hear anything from Koparak. You don't hear from guys that don't live their lives that way. And they're going to go over there like Lee Westwood. They're going to get off the plane. They're going to play. And I think it's going to be fine. It's not going to bother any of us. My problem is why do you have to choose that route? We all have bad days. Understood, right? A lot of pressure, a lot of sponsors, a lot of people hanging out. Um, my thought process is why, why are rules official? If you disagree, pull them to the side, you know, you're hot, you know, you're mic'd. you know, people can hear you. That's just a level of class that I don't think he has. You know, I just don't think he does. And I don't think it's, it's, it's an aware, I don't think there's any self-awareness whatsoever. And I don't think anybody else was there for anything other than the way he melted down. I think that's what they want to see from Sergio. So yeah. Going forward into the live, it is what it is, right? I think that you're going to get a lot of it. I think there's going to be seven iterations very soon. It's going to change into a very prosperous, great event. I just hope that it doesn't take the young and all of the, the, the fostering that the PGA Tour has done and allowing a lot of these people to do what they do, right? Let the Phils and the Patrick Reeds and these guys, let them step on their own feet. But I don't want to see the really good golfers, and I think Rory's played this beautifully, uh, obviously, Justin came out with a couple of great comments. I just think that they can decide on their own. But I think you're going to really understand and see elegant people or grace under fire. And I think some of these guys that they're using as their headliners just don't possess those skills or have that skill set. 
Yeah, well said. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here because PJ Tour fouled up huge. That was a bad rules officiating call. Terrible. I mean, obviously, the guy hits it on the other side of the creek. He needs time to cross to start looking for his ball. A bit of a mix-up, but at the same capacity, like you said, I mean, Sergio's known for these outbursts. He's very boisterous. He's very outspoken. And it is a level of class, man. Protect your competitors. Compact, protect the field. Protect the PJ Tour. Protect that integrity. I mean, be an adult about it. Don't be an asshole. Just because, you, you know, you have that little bit of whatever it is, heat in the, in the certain, certain situation. It was just, yeah, it was a little embarrassing to see. It's like, man, you're past that stage. You should be a professional at the highest level. You know, you're representing the game on the biggest stage. Don't be a douchebag. Anyway. Well, and I think you're right. We, we, we know also, right. People can be disruptive, right. But people are who they are. It is what it is. And you just can't expect more when you do. It's kind of on you after time three or four. And I agree with you. I'm not saying the ruling is right at all, but if you're 30 years into a tour, pull a guy to the side because how many great rulings were there, right? What's the other side of that? Just pull a guy to the side and say, Hey, I disagree. Can we talk about this off mic? I just want to make sure that we're doing this, but to emotionally outburst just goes, you're just basically giving the power away to your competitors because they know you're not going to be there in the end. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, want, I want to jump in and jump on something that Derek mentioned that just kind of sparked something for me. And, you know, I think if you're a professional, you should be able to play anywhere in the world and the PGA tour trying to kind of control the messaging and all that stuff. It wouldn't shock me if we see an antitrust lawsuit or something like that come, you know, from this group to the PGA tour, because, you know, we've seen it in my quote unquote sort of day job, my current day job, I guess, uh, in esports mm-hmm. with the publishers. <laughs> but I think, you know, if you look at, you can't actually control your audience because all these guys are independent. They're not employees. And I think if someone's putting up cash, you can't say you can come in and out. And maybe the membership does dictate that. But I think I think we're going to see a bunch of legal stuff on antitrust and, uh, you know, to assure fair competition in the world is sort of part of global law. So I think that's something that's going to be something kind of to watch here in the next few months also. But, um, yeah. I got, Yeah, that's something we really haven't talked about. I don't want to beat that too, too hard. But I think there's some attention to the dp world tour they're scared about losing some of the bigger names that support the european tour uh and and bring in some of those sponsors so again david you've mentioned this multiple times derek you have too it would be great to see some sort of a united front for these two tours and help support each other i know the dp world tour is is wanting to play and has roots over in in europe so to speak and the the live tour wants to spend some time over in north america playing some events so at any capacity you know we're not we're not at the at the table with these guys to make those calls but it would be nice to see some kind of unified front moving forward yeah i just don't know how keith pelly is not doing everything in his power and for those that don't know keith pelly ceo of um the european tour i just don't know how they have not merged or right. just taken that big bag of cash and said we'll support your tour um, unless there's just pressure from the PGA tour, which goes back to my earlier point, you know, just trying to control the messaging and, uh, not assuring kind of fair competition on a global scale. I, I just don't know how it's, you know, not a European tour section stuff. I think it'd be great to have some events in Canada and some areas of the PGA tour doesn't go, uh, and allow players to choose. Cause let's be honest, there are some PGA tour events that, don't have that same sex appeal as others, right? And, you know, it used to be whatever CBS kind of followed, those were kind of the top events. But I would say this last week isn't, 
you know, a marquee CBS event, but I think the coverage was actually probably one of the better ones considering, you know, what we've seen to date. So I don't know. I just don't know how the European tour is not all over this and just trying to take as much money and burst those purses and uh, that wraparound season, maybe blending four months in, um, you know, to the PGA tour. Like, I just don't know if there's a bag of money, how these guys can't figure it out other than egos. So We'll we'll leave that up to the audience. Maybe we can uh, request some some interesting feedback. If anybody has something to add to that, please shoot us a comment in our DMs on Instagram, and we'll we'll highlight that next episode. I want to move us along here a little bit, guys. Uh, we're coming up to the AT and T Byron Nelson. We're two weeks away from the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. We saw the big cat out. Don't want to beat this one to death too hard, but uh, anything we can expect as far as magic and excitement heading into Southern Hills. I know. Uh, David, you're expecting our man from uh, Texas to be the, the guy to keep eyes on Scotty Scheffler. But I think uh, I'm liking Jay Day walking into this one. <laughs> Jay Day and Tiger Woods have no hope at Southern Hills. That golf course <laughs> to walk with Jay Day's back and Tiger's 11 or 12 injuries. There's no way that that golf course up and down to walk. You know, Augusta, <laughs> you know, is a golf course that it's probably one of the more tougher walks on the tour, but um, some of the inclines and some of that, uh, you know, there's never a flat lie. I don't know. I just don't know how Tiger or J day even get it done. That said, um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. I saw today um, all the Seattle guys are out there. It's funny how they're kind of giving access this far in advance. Normally the golf courses are shut down two, three weeks in advance, but um, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to, not pick Sky Scheffler um, with everything that he's done this year, um, just kind of the run he's been on, you know, but I think his last week is probably, or last two weeks have been kind of surreal. I think it might've all sunk in, probably woke up and realized he's got $50 million in the bank all of a sudden overnight. Um, he's like, I take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of factors going to Southern Hills, but at the same time, I, I just, it's it's a anytime tiger tees it up it's gonna definitely be cool but um Amen. i just don't know how how much he can compete you know i think he has a better shot at st andrews um true flatter space yeah so eric, eric you got some uh you got some input on this one so i'm on a podcast that picked Stuart sink to win the augusta national and i had a guy pick jason day to win the pga <laughs> not, I'm not. I'm not sure what I'm doing here, aligning myself with people like this because you guys are effing crazy. Um, let's just get back to reality now. I do actually think I actually think Rory uh, has a great play because if, if those who play Southern Hills, you're going to understand. And David said it great. It's going to be a very demanding golf course physically, not only to walk it but to play it. It's it's a beast. It, you know, you don't know what the weather's going to be. Hopefully, it's going to be great. You know, one of the reasons. The PGA move to May is that they can get these south golf courses in the rotation so they don't have to do it in August where they're basically unplayable. But I think that the high ball flight, right to left ball flight, a lot of strength out of the rough. Um, I think the golf course is going to be very difficult. But I do think that some of your players, I do think that Scotty would be a good pick depending on his interest level after everything that's happened in the last couple of months. But I do think that the longer, more aggressive ball flight guys, you know, the birdie guys usually come up on top here. Uh, unless it's kind of an, an Atlanta, excuse me, Atlanta, Atlanta Athletic Club, sorry. Um, you know, in some of these places that kind of fit in the long par threes. But I do really believe in all my heart that one of the bombers, uh, especially with 
control new equipment golf balls i think that, that you're going to see somebody take that golf course a little deeper than we anticipated because i think the weather's going to be okay from what they said as far as the golf course conditioning and the way it's set up so i do look for a, a high ball flight right to left right hander um would be kind of my play there and i think rory's got an actual shot there i think the greens will will be something that he can handle uh, i'm just curious to see how the golf course is set up the time of year that it's going to be you know being in tulsa yeah, I was only kidding when I said I think Jay Day is the guy. I honestly think this is probably an event where JT shows up, Kepka shows up. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys we can throw. Can we, could be a can we just jump in? You can't you can't make a bold prediction and then backtrack. <laughs> I'm still sticking with Stuart Sink. It was a great pick, but uh, you just can't show up and be like, ah, I might have said it. The, the pod doesn't lie. No. You do have editorial control. So I was look. I was looking for some fire on that one. This is what I got. Uh, it was a baited, baited statement. Two things here before we move on. Got to quickly mention uh, Thorbjorn Olsen uh, won the British Masters this past week. Team TaylorMade guy. Um, had, he's the guy that got arrested or was charged uh, after a flight back over to Europe after a Fed after the FedEx St. Jude Championship in uh, 2019. So. Good to see him making a bit of a resurgence. He was a guy that was a Ryder Cupper, uh, really, really strong player from Europe. So awesome to see him back on top. And another guy I had the pleasure of playing with this guy years ago down in the desert, uh, Steve Flash, won on the uh, PJ Tour Champions. So the Mitsubishi Championship that was like 14,000 million days since his last victory. So congratulations to that lefty. Pretty exciting times. Pretty weird to see Freddie with a yellow golf ball, by the way, down the stretch. That was weird. Um, okay, right. And uh, the the Lacava torch is being passed now because uh, Joe's son is now on the bag for uh, uh, Freddie on the on the PJ Tour champion. So that's pretty cool. And before we transition off, I think for some of our listeners that may not know, there's a really interesting story about Southern Hills in the parking lot and uh, from the '80s and the mob. I think it's something that you guys can go on and do and read, but. Uh, there actually might be a book about it, um, but I, it's one of those things. Google it. It's kind of an interesting story, but there was a mob hit in the parking lot over a gambling debt in the 80s. Pretty neat. So, Crazy. like that. Still lingering from what they say. Get on the Google and check that out. All right. Let's transition this puppy. Then listen up. These are my balls. See how they glisten in the light? Your balls can be like these, but you got to use the right tools for the job. This? No. Introducing the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, the only tool with the performance and precision you need. I guess I have let my bottom half go. This trimmer features skin-safe technology to help reduce the risk of nicking cuts when it comes to trimming privates. It's cordless and waterproof, making it very convenient for shower use. You can even drop it in your pints. You wouldn't want to drink it, though. It's got pubes in it. Let's try to keep it classic, okay? The Lawnmower 4.0 also comes with adjustable trimming guard sizes for customizable trim. It's got an LED light, so you can always see what you're doing. Lights, please! With a powerful 7,000 RPM motor, it can trim through even the biggest force. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. It's over 4 million balls. If you care about your downstairs, it's time to get the Lawnmower 4.0. Did you just shave your balls and b-hole? Smooth. Get your privates ready for action. Order your lawnmower 4.0 today at manscaped.com. D-Lane, you had a pretty interesting weekend with some of our friends of the show. I'll let you kind of run that down, but a uh, couple rounds of Congaree, some dinners, bump shoulders with some greatness. Give it to us, man. Give our listeners a little insight into what went down. Well, as you know, I apologize for the airport loudspeakers. No matter where I go, I've been walking around trying to find a quiet spot. It's not possible. 
yeah, so I'm blessed enough to be an ambassador to Congaree. Uh, so I'm lucky enough to be able to go to Congaree with privileges. And while there, um, I've, I've spent a couple of different times here. And I've just fallen in love with the area, the golf course, uh, the staff, Bruce, Lucy, uh, Mr. Friedkin, everybody. They're just so first class in everything they do. But I kind of wanted to take uh, some project sponsors and, and some people that we really love and trust. And the big loud guys is they've opened up a lot of doors for us as far as content and, and not only social media content, but they've given us podcasts with Chris Lane and Hardy, and we've done a lot of things with them. So I met Austin Adams, the COO, um, Paul Logan, the SVP, and then Hardy himself. And I flew in Friday night. They came in Saturday morning. We had 18 holes and then a great dinner, way too many libations Saturday night. Turn around at 36 uh, on Sunday at another great dinner. And I'll kind of get into that in the end because it was a very unique dinner. And then uh, Hardy left. Hardy got on the bus and Ricky, his driver, drove him away and he went back to Nashville. And then Paul and Austin left this morning, leaving me all to myself at Congaree. I spent a couple hours, caught up on some things and then headed back and I'm now in Savannah. So interesting. I'll tell you a couple of different points. Uh, Hardy's got a lot of game. So when he was on the podcast and talked about high school golf, he's not lying. He can turn it both ways. Um, he was just recently fitted for a brand new set of golf clubs, and it's very it's very helpful. He's he's a good player. He's got a lot of club that speed. He was by far the longest of all four of us. It wasn't even close. There were times that three his three wood was longer than my driver on about three or four occasions. I mean, he he got it out there two eighty five two ninety uh, was by far the the big dog as far as heat goes on on club head speed. Uh, Paul never misses. Austin's great dude. Uh, good golfer too. Like it was a lot of fun. And one of the things when you bring people to a place, you're always, you know, I'm more worried about what their enjoyment factor is. And on this trip, it was kind of different. It was all four of us. Everything was great. Um, there was some collegiate golfers there that were practicing and let's uh, see one of the directors of instruction and director of golf there. So there's just so many high profile golfers there because the golf course is brutal. So like we played the back tees, which is essentially 6,800. There's a hybrid. It goes all the way back to 8,000. And the black tee rating is 75.9, 156. Wow. So just to do the math, right? So out to 8,000 yards. Yes, it, it, it's, it's, and there's, there's, so there's no tee markers. So the caddy tells you what he'll watch you warm up. And he tells you what tee to play. So, with the ego golf that lives in today's world, it's a really kind of a cool concept that you play a golf course, they know where to put you on what your carry distance is, how you play. We played it at 68. It was the perfect distance for the group of, of us. Uh, greens, 13 and a half, 14, rock hard, bunkers everywhere. And it's it's played a little bit like rolling hoses. The bunkers are, are not hazards. They're just sandy so you can find your club. And... The great thing that with, with Dan, you know, what Mr. Friedkin did was he just took this ground and he made this amazing place. It looks like it's been there for a hundred years, even though it hasn't. But the real big issue for all of us, and one of the reasons I'm such a fan of Congaree, and it's, it's such a place that I believe so deeply in, is there's a 501c3 that all of the charity for the club goes to the kids of the area who work at the club, pushing them off to college and then into mentorship after college. And to see everybody's a club, like one of the great things about the club is when I come in there, everybody talks to everybody. You go up to tables, you introduce yourself, where are you from? How are you doing? And there's, there are some PGA Tour golfers. There's a master's champion there. Um, and nobody acts any different. Everybody's accepted. Everybody's great. The service is off the charts. Most of these kids that have benefited from this 501c3 are also the people that are helping you while you're there. And like I said, Bruce and Lucy and, and John and, and the whole team do such an amazing job. But 
it was really cool to see Hardy in an environment where he could just be himself and we got to know him even better. And as you guys know, after the pod, there's just nobody like it. He might be the most authentic person I've come in contact because exactly what you hear in his songwriting and what you hear in his lyrics, it's who the guy is. It just, it doesn't change. The only negative I can say about the whole weekend is Hardy wears squares. <laughs> no way. Oh my American God. flag squares. <laughs> and now I know why he's 17 yards longer than the rest of us. Oh my God. Don't we're gonna have, we're gonna have to edit this out for sure because we beat on Faldo and the squares. No, no, don't edit it out. He is proud <laughs> as he oh is, is proud of them. And like I said, dudes through with longer than all of our drivers. So there's nothing I can say. Maybe, Maybe I'm gonna get myself a set of a pair of squares. Maybe Sir Nick wasn't lying on all the infomercials after all. Jeez. Okay. Well, all I know is that Hardy uh, still drives an F-150. He went to the bar and not uh, Jared and uh, listened to some of his music in anticipation of this. But uh, great summary there, Derek. Um, you know, unfortunately, I know that airport, Savannah, it's pretty small. Um, so for all those listeners that... No, I'm at airports. I am really the airport ninja, but Derek, to his defense, is in a very small airport. But um, yeah, unbelievable golf golf course uh, experience. You know, everything I've heard about, obviously I've never been there, but uh, pretty cool for you to spend that time. And uh, every everything that I have heard about Congaree is, you know, just like you said, there'd be a master's champion, you know, a rock star and a CEO, and they'll all kind of come and be united. And uh, it's a pretty cool place. And I think anytime that someone looks at a golf course as a way to give back, I think is a good thing in our game. And uh, fortunately, you know, the dot-com slash golf course boom in the 90s and 2000s, you know, kind of put a lot of distress on the industry. And it's always nice to hear, you know, great, you know, give back stories like Congaree and the, the ownership there. So great little summary well you know heard, so. you know david thank you and it, it, the great thing is is that you know me i'm not a celebrity guy it's not my thing because i always feel like they have to adjust who they are when they're not in their element or by themselves and the great thing that i found and, and the reason that i was just i'm so fond of party and big bad guys is they're just not like that yeah. he, he's so authentic there wasn't one person who wanted a picture they of course asked not one person he didn't take a picture with there's not one person he wouldn't have a conversation with he talked to everybody and it was like, he felt as though, and I can't speak for him, I can only tell you how I saw it, is as much like Austin and, and all these guys do this every night, right? They're around these guys and Hardy was just so authentic and all he thought about was how great it was to be there and the way he was treated. And like the equalizer in that to me is golf. And I think that's one of the big reasons that I'm, I'm so blessed to do what I do, to be on a podcast with you guys talking about it. But the fact that you could have that arena with that many people and watch Paul and Austin and, and Hardy meet a bunch of people that they'll be friends with later, knowing that if you run into them again, they'll remember that. But most importantly, getting to play a golf course that is so flying up my, my top 10 chart because it's just so brilliantly created by Tom Fazio because it's so different than any other Fazio there has ever been. Like it's his ode to Pinehurst in his own way. And it's just so not a Tom Fazio, but in some ways it is. And when you're playing certain holes, you see two, you see four, you see so many different shots. And then you see shots that might look a little bit like shadow and might look a little bit like the quarry. And it was just, it's such a blessing to do, but more importantly, the facility and the people that golf course deserves to fly up that ranking and there's no reason that it won't be mentioned after we do that stupid traditional historical period you got to give to be ranked with all the other stuffy places there's just no reason this golf course isn't going to be top 10 top 20 because it's that good i love that awesome. 
Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Congrats on a big weekend. Uh, <laughs> kind of was shooting some shade at Paul a little bit about his golf swing and, uh, how he was, uh, potentially the guy in the back. So thanks for validating that, but, uh, look forward to more experiences with those guys and having more of those guys, those artists on the show. I mean, like you said, they're just a bunch of great people and, and spending some time with Chris in LA and now, you know, you spent some time with Hardy. I, it's just, it's exciting to have those opportunities with those guys. So thanks. Big shout out to big loud for those, uh, those opportunities. At least, at least Paul Logan looked like he could play golf with all his new fresh gear. So. Fully featured cricket was everywhere. There you go. Uh, and the other part is, is we're doing this again in about three weeks at Piners. So we're doing another big loud trip. I'll be back out here again. So we'll elaborate a little bit more as we break that news coming up in a couple of weeks. But yeah, Paul was cricket. Our, our people have all met their events. Everybody has one from when they were on there. So yeah. our sponsors and what we do and what we give back. And then like I said, we have clubs with Hardy. So we're making a big imprint with Big Loud and other people with what we're doing. So that was kind of cool. Fantastic, guys. Any final thoughts before we wrap this baby up? No. Radio silence. No, sorry, I'm 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 gonna get off because the, it's just too loud. So I appreciate you guys and uh, thank you for dropping this. But but much love to everybody. But more importantly, thank you to the big loud guys and more importantly to me to Congaree for allowing us to be there. Fantastic, Derek. Safe travels, Brisson. Great chat. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll catch up next week at the end of the 18T. Byron Nelson. Peace. Wow.